It's week eight of catching up with Connor and Nick, and U.S. consumer confidence is really high right now. But does that really mean anything? We also talk about Casey Neistat's new show, 368, on YouTube and where we're consuming the most content. We give one sentence of feedback for Facebook's congressional hearings, and we end the show talking about leadership, tips, and tools after a FoundersLive.com live show this last week. Enjoy the show. Thank you very much for listening. Good morning, Nick Hughes. It is Friday the 13th. How are you doing today? Nah, I'm good, man. Friday the 13th. <laughs> is, is that a good day or a bad day for you? Well, uh, it only just started, but it's good. It's good at this point. Let's hope, <laughs> let's hope it stays that way. How about you? Uh, it's super good for me because today is my birthday. Oh, man. Happy birthday. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, recording the show, and it's kind of like a weird Friday the 13th vibe. Uh, but yeah, let's jump right in. Um, and I kind of want to start off with a first topic because one of my favorite creators that I kind of like idolize and look up to, Casey Neistat this week, just launched his new uh, startup uh, creative studio incubator called 368. <clears throat> and uh, after he shut down his last company, Beam, which was previously acquired from CNN, so I think he cashed out pretty well there. Um he took a little hiatus from his blog, but now he's come back and he's coming back with his daily blog um, and producing a show. And he's creating this new like creator space in New York City. And my big question just around that, because I'm watching YouTube almost every day now, um, and it's become one of my primary spots to consume information. And so I was curious with you, Nick, like, where are you consuming the most content right now and specifically with YouTube? Um, is there anything that you watch there regularly? Um, hey, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, sweet. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, when you pose this question, it's interesting. I don't watch a ton of YouTube, man. And, you know, I don't know if that's just the time allocation of my day, where I spend my time, where I get my information. But, um, yeah, I, I just don't watch a ton of, you know, vlogs. Like, this guy, you know, I'll be honest, I was like, oh who is this guy again? <laughs> um, so that's the short answer is I don't really watch a ton, but I do, you know, I do watch, you know, YouTube videos and whatnot, but a lot of those are a little more around, you know, startups, uh, you know, venture capital investment, more conversations, you know, a little more of the educational versus the just more or less day in the life or vlogs or, you know, what sort of thing. Um, so yeah, yeah. Where, where do you, where would you say you consume the most content? Uh, as far as like time wasting content, let's see. Um, is it television still? No, no. It's probably it's definitely online, and it's probably more like um, like medium blogs. Uh, I probably read, I probably read you know five to ten articles a day just throughout the day on average. And I think I've told you this before, man. I, I there's a life hack that I freaking love, which is I. On my iPhone, I actually have the gestures where it'll speak to you. Yeah. And I, when I find, uh, usually, you know, throughout the day, I'm getting a ton of uh, information, like articles pushed to me. And I find ones that I'm, I literally like, I'm like, oh, and this will be good. And I actually email it to myself and I'll just like title it, listen. 
And so like when I'm out downtown or on the bus, I like pull that up and then I swipe on my phone and it then basically talks, it reads the article to me and it's in the Siri voice. And dude, it's like, I can, I consume a ton of content actually yeah. through audio. Um, so yeah, podcast audio from a reading of the articles. Um, that's, that's how I generate most of my, you know, just kind of information. I need to take yeah. more advantage of Siri reading the articles because I'm constantly listening to podcasts. I pretty much have my headphones in anytime I'm not physically talking to another person. And so I probably could utilize that a lot better. Oh, and the best, yeah, what you do is, if, I mean, it, I'm just speaking from an iPhone experience, but most of the time when an, when you open that article, on the top, you'll see like some three lines, and that means reader view. So you click that, and it basically just has all the text, and it takes away all the design, any sort of ads, and then and then you swipe down with two fingers, and the thing just starts talking to you, and it reads the whole entire article. And, you know, especially when there's longer ones, like I don't want to sit there and waste time and read. I literally like, just do that. And then I'm like walking yeah. downtown or between meetings. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, how about you real quick? Um, this guy also, you know, clearly hit your radar and, you know, you said he's one of your, his guys you look up to. Why, why do you look up to him? Yeah. So question. he was, was who, who I kind of imagine is he revolutionized the whole vlog. Because before Casey Neistat came around, he what vlogging was, was was pretty much all just like holding the camera in front of your face in selfie mode and walking around mm -hmm. and talking to the camera and saying stuff. But Casey Neistat comes from, he's a movie director. Um, he comes from this background of cinematography. And before he started doing this vlog, um, you know, he, he had had some minor success in doing campaigns and, and making videos for brands. And he started this vlog and he started putting cinematic techniques into the vlog, right? So like putting B-roll in transitions and time-lapse videos and just putting it more in storytelling mode. And he has evolved this mm -hmm. whole new generation of vloggers um, because of the success he's had. And I mean, uh, you've definitely seen Casey Neistat. He's kind of the spokesperson for Samsung. He did like all of those Samsung oh, yeah. commercials. Um, he, he's just become like this, uh, this new in, or this internet celebrity of sorts. Um, and he's kind of like pioneered the way for it. And then he made this app called Beam, uh, which was kind of a uh, social network for creators. And then CNN bought it and CNN shut it down. Um, but he sold it to CNN, I believe, for $20 million. And uh, yeah, so wow. there's just so many different people on YouTube creating different content and and i especially know people younger than us are spending so much time on youtube my my 16 year old brother almost like doesn't watch tv at all he just consumes on youtube and he knows all these different creators and these different shows that are exclusive to the platform and so it's, it's just very interesting uh to see the divide because i even feel it for for the small amount that i consume on youtube compared to him um where there's just so many new places to to watch content now yeah, that's pretty cool, man. Um, hey, jumping uh, forward here, uh, I know this is not so prevalent to uh, you know startups, but I do think like as entrepreneurs, we got to keep an eye on this, which is you know U.S. consumer confidence. Uh, apparently, it's like pretty high, and you know with all the political stuff and the world things happening in the world, you know consumer confidence. You know as they take surveys every month, and I'm not exactly sure how they do this, but University of Michigan. Uh, every month puts out a, a survey of the index of consumer sentiment and confidence. It was actually slightly lower than March, 
but it it is at like roughly 97.8 that's not a percentage in the sense but that's the um index and i guess my question to you connor is like with all the things going on do you you know what is to you consumer confidence index and do you think it's actually relevant um and then lastly do you think you know if you would index do you think your confidence as a consumer in the world right now is high or are you concerned? Um, well, I've actually never really looked at any of these numbers before. I know I've seen it like in news publications, but I've never like looked at it in, in some detail with this article that you shared. And it was surprising. Um, I don't think there's been a huge influx from 2017 to 2018 based on s- some of these numbers. Yeah. And so I don't think it's like too out of the ordinary. It's kind of just been pretty stagnant from last year. Uh, but right now, my confidence is pretty good in, in what's going on and, and kind of connecting the conversation with last week with all of the different micro brands and opportunities and people creating companies and, and selling products. I think it's pretty high. And especially here in Seattle, right? We're, we're in a very unique economy because we have some really strong companies that kind of uh, anchor down the economy here, which is, which is, in my opinion, a very good thing. Um, I'd rather have this yeah. than have the opposite. And so my confidence is good for now, but I am in the mindset like this is not going to last. Right. Like we're we've had like 10 years <clears throat> of prosperity since kind of the last big meltdown. And, and uh, yeah. I, I think the clock is ticking on, on when something Dude, will happen. And, and my big thing is uh, it might not be this crash. It might be the next crash. But, like, I have so many friends who have college debt, and there's no getting out of that college debt. And it's, I think it's going to just destroy so much. Dude. Yeah, man. It's, I mean, I, I kind of track with you, which is, like, you know, confidence is pretty high. Things are going really well. Unemployment's, like, almost at an all-time low. Um, but with all that being said, you then look at everything else like that, which is if confidence is at the all time high and, and unemployment is at the all time low, what happens when it dips and then, then actually crashes and, you know, people with, you know, the, yeah, student debt and all that. And like, um, I, I would agree that, I mean, when you look at the stock market, it's just like for the last like five to 10 years, it's like mm-hmm. straight up and we've had, we've had some corrections, small corrections recently, but man, I, I'm in the same boat where I'm like, and there's some financial advisors that I'm close to that pretty much on a couple, you know, a couple months, I just ping them and I'm like, what do you think? What do you think? Because I am, I am already making preparations for when it does crash. My goal is to thrive through that, not be so leveraged, over leveraged that you yeah. get screwed. And, you know, I'm in a good position to actually like prepare for that and like, you know, I'm not to- totally over leveraged and, you know, all that stuff. So, yeah, my goal is as it does at some point, I would say in the next couple of years, probably two years, you know, things are going to get a lot worse or challenging or, you know, um, unemployment will rise. And, you know, um, all, you know, that essentially, um, you know, money is not going to become an as easy investment for startups and early stage is going to dry out a little bit. Um, you know, the question is, how do you thrive through that as an entrepreneur and as a business owner? And I'm already preparing for that. So um, that's that's my thoughts. I mean, it, it is weird. It is great. But I am kind of sitting there waiting for. Yes, <laughs> the inevitable. definitely. Um, and, and so kind of to, to pivot off that, I know this was supposed to be our last topic, but I feel like with a consumer belief, it fits in really well. I don't want to go in too deep 
about what happened with Facebook and, and all of those shenanigans the last couple of weeks. But do you have one sentence that you could leave with what your uh, perception as a consumer is about Facebook? And has that changed at all with how everything in uh, the government has shaped out this week? Uh, my one sentence is this week and this month is a turning point. I'm not necessarily sure what direction or how that's going to look in, you know, the, in the, like in history, but this is a major deal. Like when, when everyone talks about Microsoft, they talk about when they were, you know, from the department of justice and they were almost broken up, but then they fought it and it turned out that they didn't have to be, but I don't know if Facebook's ever going to be quote broken up. Probably not, but this is a major turning point from consumer sediment to the tech industry to literally Zuckerberg sitting there like in front of, you know, the Congress, like what the hell am I doing here? So um, I think it's a turning point, man. Yeah, I agree. And I I think it'll be a moment that we look back on and and say, this is when the pillar started rolling. I think based off a, a lot of what I've seen, I don't think the government is in a position to properly place the regulations that need to happen um, in order to Mm -hmm. like figure out how this is going to operate and how technology companies are going to deal with uh, people's privacy and data. And Zuckerberg can make a big win if he takes the initiative and he sets the rules. Um, And that puts Mm -hmm. him in a very powerful position in taking the leadership and just going forward and saying, this is what we're going to do because it was very clear that the government has no clue what they're talking about. Um, and they, they're just not <laughs> educated on what's going on. Um, and, and, and Zuckerberg's, you know, really got his finger on the pulse. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, no, I know. We don't want to stay on this too long. But I, I, it's, it's just really crazy that, one, you know, some of these people are so uneducated on, on how this all works. Um, and then secondly, that this is so massive. I mean, this is a lot bigger than a lot of people think from in terms of the data that's how they're collecting the data, where that data is, who can have access to it. I mean, this is a serious thing and um, there will be regulation coming out of it. So that's why I do think it's a turning point. And I, you know, early stage founders that are building more social oriented things, myself included, or just need to be paying attention of, you know, how, what's happening now and why are they there in the first place? And how you can maybe not make those mistakes and or just be aware of like the ramifications yes, of your actions. Certainly. Certainly. Awesome. Uh, last topic. Uh, I threw this on here. Uh, this was uh, on Founders Live uh, two days ago on Wednesday. We had an influencer series uh, discussion on leadership tips and tools. And uh, it was really engaging. It was awesome. And so, you know, Connor wanting you know, you weren't on there at the time, but what are your thoughts on, I guess, you know, what are your leadership tips and tools? If you could throw out one or two that you've either observed, learned from, or you're now uh, utilizing in well, your Well, to kind of quote Michelle from the video, I really liked towards the end how she was talking about journaling and, and kind of documenting your process and being able to get your thoughts out there because me and what I've done on Instagram and, and documenting, so much of what I've been doing, I think has been one of the driving factors on what, and, and what I think if I'm successful in the end, I will give a lot of credit to because it's brought some transparency that a lot of 
I, I, I like to say consumers have been following along. And so now they kind of have an investment in me and my journey. And like, if I go, a day, if I went a day without posting on my Instagram story, people would DM me and be like, where are you at? Uh, because I, I've, <laughs> I've really made a consistent push at like every day I'm going to be here. And I want you to see what I'm doing every day. And that's become my form of journaling and, and putting it out to all these random people that's like, here's what my day looks like. And I have such a unique day because I cover so many of the neighborhoods around the city and I walk into so many places uh, that I have a, an interesting story to tell. And I think a lot of people have uh, become curious about that story. And it's just connected with connected me with a ton of people um, that a year ago I just would have never had the opportunity to know. Um, and yeah, earlier this week, I was walking to a coffee shop downtown Seattle called Mr. West and I get a Snapchat from this person and it's me, like she's in a juice bar and she's snapping me like walking past the window. Um, and just like super random. Right. And she's like, Hey, I found you. And that, that kind of thing, it just really like, it blows me away when that happens to, to know that like people out in the streets like see me and they're like oh my gosh i gotta pull out my camera and like take a picture of this guy uh it's it's really it's, so it's a a really cool feeling to have what about you what what have you taken Not... away from it yeah so you know there's a number of things that i employ but um i always just go back to you know leadership is is really about influence and i think it's also about you know leading by example um that's really my style and, you know, I'm just, a, I'm not going to tell someone to do something or dictate uh, without actually living that out. And, you know, I might have learned this just from athletic, athletics, you know, sports, and as, you know, being a captain or a leader of the team, you in the end, I mean, you got to do it. You got to like, you got to actually do it and be the example so that others follow. And I really brought that into my professional life. And as an entrepreneur, like you just, that's my leadership style. And I, I, you know, from a tip standpoint, I would just say, you know, the more you can, the more you can tighten up your effectiveness and lead by example with that, the more effective your team is going to be in the end. Um, That's, that's one big thing is just focus on weirdly enough, focus on yourself first, get your, stuff in a row and effective and then as you lead by example through communication you can help your team get there as well and um, that's probably the second thing I would say is communication and you know just trying to be as um, as I guess uh, dependable and um, what's the word Um, it's really just like um, I guess predictable so dependable and predictable in your communications you know, not going dark for two weeks. You know, if you're a leader, you know, like you're, you need to be communicating with your people. And you, as a leader, you're the one that actually needs to uh, reach out and strike out that strike that conversation up. Um, so those are my tips around just in terms of leadership and being effective, being an example, and then and having a dependable and frequent communication with you. Yeah, people. and I'm I'm sure you're having to learn quite a bit right now especially dealing with all the different yeah. cities that you have right like just the new experience having to delegate tasks to people all over the country or if not the world dude it's amazing because you know our city leaders these aren't empl- these aren't full-time employees they're not really employees uh, much at all in the sense 
um, they come on in a specific realm and, you know, um, agreement from almost like a volunteer position. Um, there are a lot of uh, aspects of the position that they do feel a part of the organization and the team, but it's a very unique, unique built team. And so, yeah, these are, you know, when you're leading a more volunteer or um, opt in group versus a, this is my paycheck. I'm working for you type of employee. It's a different, it's a different story. And it does take quite a bit of kind of uh, interesting nuanced tactics to, to help them forward. And, you know, you're never perfect. So in, when things kind of start breaking down, you got to assess those quickly and help someone communicate with them. And if, if they're not the right fit, then, you know, let's put them in a position that they're, you know, like if they're not the right fit, let's get them off the team and have them be happy and we'll fill that role with someone that wants to be there. So it's, um, it's been totally, it's been a really fun road, but it's, it's challenging, man. Like every day you're like, duh, okay, gotta do, gotta do this. Okay. Gotta do that. It's, yeah. And if someone, insane. if someone falls through, right. Trying to find a new person in another city, it can't, can't be an easy experience for you. Dude, you know, you might've noticed this. Um, I'm starting to realize like, and I don't know why it took me this long, but I, you know, just even on LinkedIn, I just like send a quick post and I'm like, Hey, anyone know anyone in Minneapolis? And all of a sudden, I mean, if you just push that stuff out on LinkedIn and Facebook, I mean, my network is big enough. Like people are like, Oh, Hey, I've got a friend that lives in Minneapolis or I got a friend that lives in Toronto. And all of a sudden, like they're tagging them. And now you've at least identified someone into the conversation that, you know, 20 minutes before, or an hour before you yeah. didn't even know. So um, it's getting easier uh, just by using some of these social tools that, you know, pushing out messages and just asking like, Hey, does anyone know anyone in such and such city? And usually they like pop up. That's so, yeah. The power so, of the internet is so amazing. Yeah. Well, that's it for our show this week, Friday, April 13th. This is week eight of our episode. Nick, thank you very much. Uh, you got any parting words or notes about where we can find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on uh, Founders Live, so founderslive.com. You can find me on LinkedIn, um, Facebook, all all the basic ones, Twitter. Um, so reach out and say hi. And then I just want to say happy birthday, Connor. Thank you very That's much. Awesome, I appreciate it. I appreciate you for joining me on the show every single Friday. Uh, and if you're out there listening, uh, make sure you leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or Android or Anchor, wherever you're at. We appreciate that. Thank you for watching Catching Up with Connor and Nick, and we'll see you next week. Peace.